Hi there and welcome back to the FFS podcast. I'm your host Pradi once again and this is episode number 8 of the FFS Euro series. Now, before we get to you know discussing the game and what a game we are going to be reviewing and reacting to today, it is essentially one of the biggest match in the round of 16, probably the biggest in, in terms of the rivalry and the history. It is England versus Germany. and yeah i hope it's going to be a crazy crazy game and it'll be interesting to see how it goes but before we get to our uh, get to introductions of our guest i think it's now best that we talk a little bit about the format of this entire episode for those of you who are joining us for the first time now we're going to start off with the pre match build up followed by the first half reactions then we're going to do a short half time review and then we'll follow that up with a second half reaction video and then we'll end it all off with a post match review now y'all you're listening to this on the audio podcast and so for the audio podcast you'll only be able to hear the pre match build up the half time review and the post match review so you're going to be hearing these three things and for the reaction i suggest you go head over to the youtube video the youtube channel i uh, you can check the link on twitter or on instagram it's on in our bios if you can't find the post so yeah i mean you can check that out it's it'll be pretty interesting you know if you've not watched our previous episodes or you don't know how it's, how they've been you know it's it's been crazy reviewing and reacting to all of these games and i hope today will be no different so without much further ado let's move on to introductions and both of these guests have been on the podcast before but you know one has been on the watch along before one hasn't we've got essentially two german fans on here so i'll probably be the i won't say devil's advocate but i'll probably represent england in this particular reaction although i'm not like a huge fan myself and so let's start off with introductions and let's start off with aditya aditya welcome to the podcast as i understand you haven't been on this particular watch along before so i I mean welcome to this particular series and why don't you tell us a bit about yourself Hello Paddy I uh, hope you are doing great so I am Aditya and uh, I have been a fan for Bayern Munich since my childhood and given that a major chunk of Bayern Munich players uh, represent Germany uh, being their uh, national team so my support naturally extends towards the German team due to the intersectionality between player representations so tonight being a marquee clash uh, technically it has been denoted as haram ball by many due to the tinkering tactics by southgate but fortunately as football fans we have had a great share of entertaining clashes prior to today's match so i just hope that as a football fan today people get to enjoy the game rather than getting bogged down by all the negative hype surrounding this game so yeah hoping for a great game yeah definitely and alankrit Welcome back to this series. For those of you who haven't watched the previous episodes, Alankrit was a part of the France versus Germany game, which was slightly disappointing in terms of the scoreline, but uh, you know it's had its fair moments. But Alankrit, welcome back to the series, and why don't you tell us a bit about yourself, just for those of you, for those who haven't heard of the podcast before, or heard? Yeah, you. hi Pradi. Yeah, like you mentioned, I've been on the the podcast and the watch long before and it was an interesting experience being on the watch long last time because it was also my first time being on a watch long and um, 
I was completely expecting Germany to be obliterated. Ended up being a one nil, and I I went home disappointed rather than you know being happy with a one nil <laughs> loss. And much like Aditya himself, my story to support Germany is very similar. Actually, a little other way around because for me, I started watching Germany first, then started supporting Bayern Munich. But yeah, like similar reasons, inter inter cross section between players and. both bayern and germany made me follow germany a lot and yeah looking forward to this one too yeah definitely and let's start with talking a bit about this game and let's probably talk about this lineup that yogi lois put out there any sort of surprises for either one of you in terms of you know the the players the formation i i i can see that timo werner is starting for you guys today instead of gnabry or you know leroy sane but any other I, i mean what did you make of that and or any other sort of exclusions inclusions that you want to talk about yeah i i was personally surprised that nabri was left out i thought like given his record of facing german teams albeit while playing i mean uh, by facing english teams but playing for bayern i thought he he'd be playing for germany up top and i didn't really think werner would start a knockout game given that he didn't start most of the group stage game so that was one big surprise i think the other thing also with germany's lineup is there's there's no real defensive midfielder i mean the one who is a defensive midfielder is playing as a wing back but yeah there's no real defensive midfielder and cruz is sort of left with that responsibility and i don't really trust him to do defensive duties as well as his defensive ball playing duties so that's i think it's it was always going to be a Yeah, so uh, I think I pretty much agree with Alankrit as far as the changes were concerned. Uh, nothing new. Uh, in fact, all the pundits, whether you talk about Lothar Matthaus or both from the English and German diaspora, they were pretty much unanimously saying that the preferred changes would be there. Uh, I, I mean, the outcry was there to replace Kundogan with Koretska, given his stupendous work rate and also his proclivity to attack at times. and uh, i feel uh, the only omission of gnabry given that it's wembley kind of surprises me otherwise uh, i feel uh, this is the best chance for werner to redeem hopes and expectations and given that he has played in familiar ground uh, being a player in the premier league so yeah this is a great opportunity for him to redeem himself so yeah, i think yeah, I mean, not exclusion is acceptable yeah yeah not only the premier league, i mean premier league play teams don't normally play in wembley but it's mainly because of they got into the fa cup i think final yep, and yep. semi final yeah so definitely I, i i completely agree with both of you in terms of england i don't see i mean obviously southgate loves to surprise everyone for me i still cannot wrap my head around not playing jaden sancho having bukayo saka there it's I don't know what what the thinking is. I, I know Ambukayo Saka has done well in the previous match, and I suppose he's just going on form there. But there seems to be no Mason Mount, no Jack Grealish. So it's kind of like he is being very very cautious with the defense itself. I mean, two defensive midfielders, two wing backs, and that back three really scares me because you know that's the same back three that was there in the World Cup, and they always have a mistake in them. And I I feel like that could easily be the case even. today i'm probably betting on it like i said i'm not an england fan and i mean anything that happens to england i really don't care but i'm hoping for you know some sort of drama in this with england there's always some sort of drama and i'm hoping for that today as well but my only worry seeing england 
the England squad is that they could try and sit back and only try and counter. So, which means that it'll be up to Germany to try and break England down, which is, I mean, again, we saw that them trying to do that probably against France and they weren't at the, they weren't the best at it. So, it, it's going to be really interesting. I think Germany need to move the ball a lot more quicker. But let's move on to predictions now and, you know, uh, also analyzing how oh, the game I, will go. Yeah, yeah just, go ahead. Yeah. Can I just add a point there? I actually think England are set up perfectly to play against Germany because we saw in the France game too, the defense is too slow. And given the pace that England have, I think they've set up perfectly to play Germany. Yeah, I get that. Uh, but I just felt like there was... A, I think they're not going with a lot more attacking talent just because they are being cautious there. But it's kind of... I'm just kind of wondering who is that... Who's the supplier of those passes or, you know, who's the one in midfield who's going to start dictating play for England? And I don't know. They're probably going to play out from the wing-back position. And, I mean, I mean Luke Shaw has had a decent season. Trippier as well. But I... I don't know. I mean, it's still very skeptical for me as to how this is going to happen, how it's going to go about. So, Aditya, let's talk about predictions. I mean, you you can either give me a scoreline or you can tell me how you expect the game to go, whether, you know, where the battles are for this entire, where do you think the battles are going to be for this entire 90 minutes? Yeah, so I think I initially had a tough time deciding what would be an ideal prediction given that the formations would be evenly matched, the 3-4-3 which people were talking. Due to an initial bias, I would say 2-1 in favour of Germany. Uh, I believe England are blessed with a luxury of uh, players with a talented bench, something which Germany don't enjoy. So let's see how Southgate leverages his bench. But still, I would go for Germany 2 and England 1. Perfect. And Alankrit? I actually, I'm with England on this one because I really don't think I'm very surprised Germany came this far. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I think England are going to edge it. <laughs> okay. But, okay, in terms of the, are we, are we looking at any possibilities of it going to extra time or penalties? Like the old and good old days. Yeah, they can. I mean, it depends on what tactic Blue tends to approve of. Like, if they want mm. to, they can sit back and defend with low blocks like Hungary. It depends on their intent. But with Thomas Miller there around, I don't see them going on the defensive mindset. Either this has the tendencies of being a high-scoring match like Germany-Portugal or... But anyway, I don't see this being low-scoring anyway, despite a defensive mindset by Southgate. Just I mean, we, we said that time and time again and every most of the times that we've done a watch-long, it's normally been a low-scoring. Except for, I think there are two... Matches that were really, really good were yesterday's Croatia versus Spain, which we did, which was unbelievably crazy in terms of the scoreline and the drama as well. We, I mean, I wish we had done this France Switzerland because that also seemed like an insane, insane game. But and also, like Alankrit mentioned, following up on those two, uh, like he didn't mention on the podcast, but when we were chatting, he mentioned that you know, uh, following up on these two amazing games, this is perfectly set up for being one of the dullest games and. One of those games where everyone tries to play so cautious that it ends up becoming nil yeah. nil or something. <laughs> and 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 the team lineups like you know, show that perfectly. <laughs> like this, yeah. teams are lined up to like just stay yeah. in like great possible probe. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that one and the other one, the other good game that we had was the France Portugal game, but that also was helped because of the simultaneous German Germany Hungary game that was happening and so you know that was a lot more drama because of all the changing in positions and all of that so 
hopefully this one also lives up to expectations you know i i want to see a good match but i don't know like i'm okay if it's a low scoring match but i want to see both teams sort of go at each other and not sit back too much um and so yeah let's kind of see how that how that all happens and yeah as i say that the t- the players are walking out onto the wembley pitch i mean it's nice to see all the english fans all in attendance on this glorious day it's going to be fun whether they make it through or if they don't it's we're going to truly see i think like i mentioned to a lot of people i think whoever wins this match has probably the best opportunity of getting to the finals that's not winning the thing right. but at least right. getting to the finals and so it's going to be really really interesting to see whether the germans can do that or whether for england it's coming home is a true truly encouraging statement because if they get to finals then anything is possible but yeah it's it's about getting across that this particular hurdle so i guess that's about it for this pre match build up the next time you hear from all of us it'll be after the first half so we'll be reviewing the first half and that will be in the segment which is coming up right after this so until then see you and uh, yeah we'll catch you soon All right, so welcome back now to the audio podcast section. This is the halftime review segment. I'm joined by Aditya and Alankrit on this podcast, and we're going to be reviewing the halftime or the first half. Sorry, we're going to be reviewing the first half in the match between England and Germany. So, just basic thoughts. Right now, the scoreline is zero zero, and for most parts, it's been kind of an even game. You know, the last couple of seconds, especially, was quite nerve wracking if you're a German fan, but and even if you're an english fan you know almost scoring there but you know it remains level at the break and we're going to get your thoughts on the so aditya and anankar what do you guys make of the first half i feel both sides were cautious to the extent we didn't see uh, a too aggressive approach as far as the offensive capabilities were concerned so i would say in a nutshell both sides were gauging what the other side was capable of for sure england were looking out for defensive frailties in the german side because the german defense isn't considered that good compared to the wealth of players the english backline is stacked with so yeah i feel the second half has in store more offense compared to the first yeah i i agree with him just that i was almost right with my first half prediction that you know we might see a late goal but i'm also happy that the late goal wasn't scored because i think germany then would would be forced to do something they didn't want to do right now i think they're they're comfortable with what they're doing england i think marginally had the better chances better half also because they had the last the last few minutes they had the better chances so i think yeah germany need to be a bit more clinical with their approach rather than being a bit like they're just trying to play a lot of long balls and all that yeah, like, i think they do also start. they've kind of they have I mean, the final ball is kind of missing because if we saw the first twenty odd right, minutes, yeah. you know, Werner was making those runs and the the players were picking mm-hmm. out those runs. But I mean, they were they noticed those runs, but the delivery or the final pass was slightly mm-hmm. off. You know, the trajectories were you know slightly wavered. So instead of Werner running onto the ball, he had to run somewhere else to get the ball and then try and yeah, um, yeah. The the advantage of Werner, like we mentioned. or uh, during during the first half was uh, he makes those runs and he's going to stretch the back line so that's it's an obvious obvious advantage 
the only thing Germany lack right now is finding Werner in that space because uh, when when they do do find the last ball, I think they're going to be much more threatening. We we saw them almost score on two instances because of that. So Germany need to find more clinical passing in their game right now. Yeah, and from England side, I think like you mentioned, I think they've definitely had the better chance. Of course, Sterling's curve shot, the Harry Harry Maguire free header that he had, and I mean the free header wasn't the better one. I think the one where they you actually you know yes there were defenders ahead, but yeah. I think he had a better chance there. But he headed it wide. That was probably the better better chance because of how close he was. And you know we had the last second, the last few seconds where they had the glorious chance, which I initially thought it was offside, but it didn't seem so. And it was a crazy crazy last dish tackle by Hummels, which like I think they had really brilliantly put it. it you know, it shows you the benefits of calling these guys back. You know, Muller was encouraging everyone to move forward. You have Hummels who's showing up the back line. And he did that even against the, in the France game. I remember that tackle against Mbappe. So, yeah, I think right now, it's, it's not much to say because right now, I think like Aditya mentioned and like you mentioned, it's been very, very even. It's kind of both sides kind of getting to know each other. Haven't haven't played each other for so long, and they kind of just—it's like old friends meeting after so long and trying to catch up. So that's predominantly what it's been like. A few tackles here and there. We know that Ginter is going to be missing the next match if Germany was to progress. But Alankrit, what does Lowe tell his players at the halftime? You know, what does he tell them? Kind of continue with what's going on, or does he? You know, tell them to push a lot more further, make changes. What's what's the halftime talk right now? I think he's probably going to ask the midfield to impose themselves a little bit more because uh, they're letting England play with the ball a lot more than what I think Germany would be comfortable with. So the midfield needs to control the game a lot more, and I think that would in itself see the passing getting better and Warner getting that last ball which then would only require him to find the target. So, I think the talk, the talk should be in asking the midfield to get more control of the game. Yeah. Bernard did almost have a chance of scoring. It was a difficult shot and it was a very well-saved shot by Pickford. But we, we were th- talking about, I think, you know, you being Bayern fans and us, I mean, me being a Liverpool fan, seeing you know Lewandowski and Yasalas and all that, be a lot more clinical with st- with opportunities like that. You know, they'd have probably taken the chip over the keeper and tried something audacious. But fair play to Werner. I think he tried to sneak it through Pickford's legs, almost succeeded, and so it was. It's it's going to be interesting to see you know how this progresses in the second half. And Aditya, I guess a similar question to you, if you were to be low, what is the halftime talk going to be? Yeah, I would say that you lads are doing well. All you have to do is like yearn for that final push so that like focus on accuracy and don't make too many silly mistakes because the English attackers are ready prowling for such mistakes. Like we had one where prior to the fag end of first half, Buller casually misplaced a pass and Sterling and Kova ready to pounce upon that. So yeah. And how, do you expect any changes to be made in uh, for the German team? You know, like Gnabry or Leroy Zane to come in anytime soon? Or do you think he'll continue to like this until probably like a 70th minute where the, it'll be more imperative for him to push forward? Yeah, I feel uh, as long as the game is scoreless, 
it will be status quo but if england take a lead by let's say 50th or 68th minute he might start bringing in the likes of sane and nabri right after 68th minute i would assume right. yeah same i i don't think germany should try and change the 11 now because the 11s doing most of the job it's not like they they've lacked it so yeah like uh, i don't think sane adds anything extra than what we're getting right now so yeah until until maybe they go back i don't see them making a substitution fair enough all right so i guess that's about it for this ha- short half time review so i guess we'll catch you all in the post match review which is coming up right after this so until then see you All right so welcome back to the episode and this is the post match review where we're going to be reviewing the game between England and Germany it ends Germany 0 England 2 England have made their way to the quarter finals where they play either Sweden or Ukraine and you know the odds are that they have probably got the best chance to make it through to the finals of the euros because they probably got the easier draws even in the semi finals as compared to the other other side or the other bracket but they, it's quite a clinical quite a controlled game by england they did what they had to and they've accomplished it they've beaten their rivals germany or you know what they assumed to be the rivals but you know uh, <laughs> we got two germans here on the reaction video who said that they know we're close but whatever said and done they've done pretty decently and aditya and alankrit what did you make of that game Uh, i felt that uh, somehow the defensive setup was always going to be a letdown because the attack as usual uh, is compact and if they wanted they could have scored few goals but england overall were balanced in all aspects so yeah they weren't letting germany have easy letoffs by scoring except that odd muller chance where i feel he should have equalized but either way i feel england was suited to ace this game they were good in all aspects like they didn't give much breathing room to germany so yeah I agree there and I also think Germany played the best they could have played like I don't I don't really see something Germany could have done differently because they they, they moved ball pretty quick like I think okay yeah, one thing they could have done better is finishing which was always going to be a problem like even in the first game I said the the biggest Achilles heel for Germany is going to be the striker position because we don't have and out and out striker or the, the one that we have in ball and i guess lau doesn't see him as like a player who can play in the starting 11 so yeah it's always going to be a big problem and yeah it showed showed on the day that it mattered that going out with like a false nine or a not an out now striker is always going to be a big problem yeah definitely and for england i felt like they were in control throughout the game it yes that muller chance was there yes there were the havers chances there yes there were chances but you always felt that england could probably get up another gear and probably score and they did score twice you know hurricane finally getting his goal so that should probably ease his mind for a while and sterling continues his good form and also the fact that you know the substitution that southgate made especially with jack grealish coming on you can see how impactful that was that was it just kind of is bewildering and it's bewildering to all fans especially the english fans to see 
to see him kind of exclude him from the starting lineup knowing that he's got such a big impact in these kind of games in previous history as well he's had such a big impact so but i suppose it it was the cautious approach initially and then kind of seeing how it goes and when it was required that they they needed to score and up the ante then they brought on jack grealish and they have a good squad especially on the bench to bring on some quality players there and i i don't know guys did you feel like about low substitution did you feel that fair enough that he brought Gnabry in slightly early but do you think he left it a little too late trying to see whether he could get the most of these players I honestly thought that Germany were not going to make a substitution till the 70th minute and I think Gnabry's substitution happened a little earlier than 70 the problem is I think the, the substitutions rather than being late I also think they were kind of weird I don't know why you would bring on Emre Can when you're one goal down like it's not like you're trying to defend your goal You yeah. you need someone who would give you that that creative outlet up front, and I think someone like a Musiala or a Sane would have been a better choice than than Emre Can. So like yeah, everything about the second half after the brisk start sort of summed up this German team for the last three years. Like you know, a lot of promise but no end product. Yeah, and we can all forget about. talking about this whole who's going to miss the next game because of the yellow card because he knocked out but yeah the second half kind of went similar to how the first half did like the first 10 to 15 minutes or 20 minutes even you know germany did have a lot of the ball he kept a lot of possession kept more possession than in the first half i thought you know uh, they kept the kept a hold of the ball a lot more the passes were a little more crisper you had a couple of chances but over time i think england did find their footing and once they did it was all england in terms of attacking and germany trying to get on the counter as much as possible there were a few chances where they tried to do a cute pass but it just didn't happen and i suppose that was that was the story for the day that they, you know any sort of final deliver, final pass that or killer pass that they were looking for just didn't work out aditya okay so germany's now out so and like you mentioned on reaction this we don't have to discuss low anymore because he is no longer going to be the german manager it is going to be hansi flick so how much is it now about planning ahead for that world cup yeah so now that low has like a fit in departure with like a mixed legacy we can like that would warrant a separate tribute to him now coming to hansi flick the advantage being he already has been a manager with bayern with a blessed career so he knows He plays inside out, given that Bayern comprises of 60 to 70 percent of the team. So I would love to see how he integrates with the remaining players of the German squad, like the likes of Kroos, Hummels, whom he has interacted before in the 2014 World Cup. So I think each and every German fan, not just Bayern fan, is excited to see, daring to see Flick go with the team. So like I think I would say the mediocrity with low that has descended makes the chances of seeing Flick eagerly much more. and i was quite baffled with how mosiala was brought on early like i was kind of angry if they could have brought in mosiala a bit earlier like it happened last time also since mosiala was the decisive guy who shot goretzka it's the equalizer in the stangeri yeah so i'm pretty excited for the flick era to start cuz like i mentioned he's he's been with the german side before as assistant assistant manager when germany were at the peak in the last decade plus he's been so good with this current majority of the first 11 in germany because with bayern we've seen 
all that he's achieved. So there's that relationship that he shares with all these players, and also the relationship that he shares with the German FA, because like there there's like a good working relationship between both the administration and the players. So I think Hansi Flick will be a very interesting appointment for us. Uh, something also very exciting to look forward to, because I think uh, with Love, I, I had actually completely lost interest in international football and I was not even looking forward to the Euros because I knew like Germany were not going to make it big but with Flick I'm kind of very excited for the World Cup I think Germany have a pretty good chance of making a a resounding comeback and uh, I'm excited as well to see how he shapes up he's got like you mentioned during the reaction video he's got what 14 months or so if you get his style of play into the team, get his players back into the team, get the shape right. It's going to be interesting to see who he places there and if he, like you mentioned also, like he could dip into the the youth market in Germany and try and get players who could fit into that system. So, yeah, definitely exciting times ahead. I think it's similar to probably the Netherlands, you know, their process of, what's going to happen right now which is they're looking obviously for a manager but you both of you are restarting again pressing the reset button you're going to rebuild again for that world cup and it's going to be really exciting to see you know what the final output is and we know from Hansi Flick we've seen him be so successful for Bayern Munich and he knows these players and more than the tactics is he's it's that he's such a great man manager so he'd probably try and get the best out of the players that he has and I guess for Southgate I mean We've criticized him over and over again for his team selection, but the fact that he's been ma- managed that he's managed to get results after results, it's not been pretty. But I don't think tournaments like this you need to be that pretty. Fans might want attractive football, but it's all about getting results. I don't care. Fans would care much about how they played as long as they bring home that elusive trophy. But of course, they have a very tough road ahead in terms of they've got Sweden or Ukraine and then they've got probably Czech and Denmark which is probably a bigger test so it's going to be interesting it's it's going to be really really interesting to see yeah I think like with the way England has been performing in like international tournaments I don't think like the fans should be really worried if like Southgate's going to get them there with his weird tactics and team selections he's just going to get them the elusive trophy does it really matter at the end of the day because what he's doing seems to be working. They've, they've not conceded a goal in ages. They've, they've been playing effective football, if not attractive yeah. football. So, how how does it matter at the end of the day? It, it kind of reminds me of what like a Germany would do, right? They're very effective, like a machine almost. Yeah. It's very effective. They're not going to be the most prettiest on the eye. They're not going to be like a Brazilian. They're not going to bring a Brazilian flair or the Spanish tiki-taka style. They're going to just do it their way and... Now, kudos to him to get it that far. I've given him enough stick in terms of the team squad and the squad management. And I, I still will question him that he didn't start either Mason Mount or Jack Grealish, given that they have been so impactful in that team. But he's pulled out the result. He's pulled out the W. So I'm not going. I'm not going to kind of criticize him right now. Probably wait till the quarterfinals to do that. So let's kind of move on to the player of the match. Uh, but before that, Alankrit, you wanted to say something. No, I was just gonna say I would just wait for them to, you know, England to do in England and like lose to yeah. lose to one of like Sweden or Denmark probably. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> maybe no, that, that's like, true. I mean, anyone really. It's, like I said, I like I told you during the reaction, I put England as a dark horse just because I don't know what they what kind of England will show up. 
in the tournament you could have you know the england of old where they just mess up or you'd have a more resolute england like we had today but let's move on to the player of the match and i wanted to know from both of you who you thought was the probably the man of the match or the player of the match so aditya let's get let's hear from you so who do you think stood out from either team oh that's a good question because like pinpointing one player from england would be quite quite unfair to the others who have like stepped up to the level like i would say three four players would do the match but for posterity i would just if i had to pick out one player it would be sterling because hmm. we usually have the knack for slandering sterling because he misses those key moments that decide matches whether it's in ucl or in even euros but we have to give him the credit that he has been scoring most of england's goals and today's off the ball movement was fantastic whether it's drawing defenders or setting up those key crucial passes so that grealish comes in and leaves it for harry kane so yeah sterling for me would be the pick up today's match um for for england yeah i mean i tend to agree this you can't look past what raheem sterling did today for england he he scored the the decisive 1-0 goal that let them be a bit more authoritative in their their uh, last 15 minute phase that they had and yeah he even in the first half he was the one who was sort of like creating like finding the lot of like all of those pockets of spaces even had a beach for curler which was saved so yeah i think sterling definitely was the man of the match for england um are we doing one for germany as well if you want to i mean i, I was anyway going to ask anyone from germany who stood out for you for for germany i think the first half was definitely match to milsi defense yeah. masterclass there in second half i think kai havertz came more into the game had a lot of good moments so yeah i think those are two bright spots for germany don't i don't i can't really pick between the two cuz like i think first half it was summel second half it was havertz yeah i think for me as well from from england's side i think sterling definitely has proven to be quite a an integral part especially you know switching around with harry kane uh you know getting into the box scoring a lot more that that's the one thing that we all criticize sterling for his lack of goals or his i wouldn't say even lack of goals but it's kind of his lack of clinical ability because even if he gets into those positions he tends to miss but it's been something that's been going on even when he was at liverpool he's improved obviously under pep guardiola at man city but even for england it's it's nice to see him score goals but there are other players like i i would say even some of the the, the midfield duo of calvin phillips and declan rice you know were very good in dictating the midfield especially once they got got into the game like we did speak about how germany had the better of the two teams in the first 10 minutes of either half but once the game wore on i think these two really controlled the midfield and allowed the likes of saka harry kane Uh, later on jagrelish and all these players to do what they are doing well and effectively so just to be a little different i think sterling definitely stood out because of you know his movement and his goal of course but apart from that i feel like you know these two definitely have been have proven over a period of time that they've you know they've kept out the likes of i mean it's not hard to keep out the likes of eric dyer and all but at least like jordan henderson or someone you know who's been so who's at least provides a leadership to keep them them out and to kind of solidify that backline it's, it's really really nice to see so yeah i guess the, those were my key players so i guess that's about it i think it's it's a sad ending to the low story at germany but 
with one door opening or one door closing for them another door opens and we're so excited to see what flick will bring to this german national team we've got 14 months to see how much they progress before we can finally call germany once again the favorites because you know in the world cup and all you, you we call germany favorites because of this on paper they have such an interesting squad but it just never used to gel it never gelled over the past few years but now it's going to be interesting under a manager that probably knows them a lot better a manager that's been successful over the past couple of years so yeah i mean can't wait to see that but unfortunately that's all the time we have for this post match review so thank you aditya and alankrit for being a part of this review as well as the watch along it was a pleasure having you on here i hope you had fun uh, unfortunately i mean fun in the sense that i hope you had a good time beside the result it's not obviously the most ideal result but hoping to host you in the near future whether it be for similar such watch alongs or if if we do the more regular stuff when we talk bayern or spurs yeah yeah thanks brady it was definitely fun being on the watch along and yeah it's always fun being on the podcast looking forward to more awesome yeah, same yeah thanks brady for the opportunity it was like great we knew germany wouldn't be advancing too far but yeah today they faced a side which was actually good in all aspects yeah at least they gave you a, a few moments of short glee where those chances were almost there just before scoring so i think the moment of glee was when they made the final pass when they were running on through and just before they missed the chances yeah yeah awesome so to those of you who've been listening to this uh, podcast episode that's it for episode number 8 of the ffs euro series if you liked this particular episode and if you liked the previous episodes as well please do leave a like you can rate us you can share it with friends and family get them interested in the podcast as well and if you want to be a part of the podcast as well please do let us know you can do that either on instagram or on twitter where i try to keep as active as possible you can leave me a message or dm or whatever so i'll take a look at that and if you have a slot free we'd definitely love to have you on there but that's about it for episode number 8 of this reaction and review of the game between england and germany i catch you all during the quarterfinals whenever that is i think that's friday so that's it for episode number 8 i'm your host pradi once again you stay safe and see you